Do animals have a sense of humor? They most certainly do, say animal communicators. So here's the story of a jokester of a turkey and the trick she played on her human caretakers. I'm Nancy Aziz, and this is Rover Says, the podcast where we talk about the weird and wonderful things animals say when they open up to pet psychics. My very first female turkey um, was almost 24 years ago, and she was following me around one day and chirping up a storm. And at first I thought it was cute. And then I started worrying that maybe she needed something. So I sat down my rake, sat down on the ground and asked her what she needed. And she crawled into my lap and fell asleep. So we've been cuddling turkeys now at the gentle barn for 24 years ever since. And that's Ellie Lax, the founder of the Gentle Barn, a nonprofit with animal sanctuaries in Missouri, Tennessee, and California. The Gentle Barn takes in animals that are old, sick, or lame and tries to fix what ails them with medical care and treatments, including chiropractic work, energy healing, massage therapy, acupuncture, and animal communication. In addition to being the Gentle Barn's founder, Ellie Lax is an animal communicator. She talks to her animals and they talk back to her. Some of the animals will be available for adoption. Others will stay at the sanctuary the rest of their days. If the animal needs ongoing care for the rest of their lives, and most of ours do, then we give them sanctuary. And then when they're ready, we partner with them to heal people with the same stories of trauma and connect people to the love and magic of animals through our incredible healing programs. The Gentle Barn rescues horses, donkeys, cows, goats, and several other types of animals, including turkeys. Here's Ellie again, talking turkey. They are remarkable animals. The males are very proud, very protective, very chivalrous, and they love to show off and be called handsome, (laughs) while the females love to talk and socialize and cuddle. And they're a beautiful animal with beautiful families. They raise their children. They carry their babies on their backs. They're a beautiful, beautiful family. And I, and I, I love when people come to the gentle barn because our turkeys often bring people to tears because their unexpected affection is something that you would never anticipate. How many turkeys have you had at the gentle barn over the years? Oh, hundreds. (laughs) How do turkeys live at the gentle barn? I wonder like what their day is like there. They live a very beautiful life at the gentle barn. So um, they wake up in the morning and we serve them a big, huge bowl of organic, fresh produce. They have kale and grapes and corn and blueberries. They get probiotics sprinkled over it. They have some chlorella algae superfood in their water to boost their immune systems. In the winter, we serve them warm water so we can warm them up from the inside, as well as they have warm water before going to bed. They have beautiful, fresh, clean bedding that's easy to walk around. Um, In the winter, when the ground is wet and cold, we put special shoes on them so um, they're not barefoot and they can feel more comfortable. Um, We have roosts specially built in their rooms for them so that those that are more mobily able are able to roost off the ground as turkeys prefer. Um, We have music therapy for them. So we have people coming in and playing guitars and violins and sound bowls. Um, We have um, energy healers that come in and give them energy healing. We have volunteers that are cuddling with them and cleaning up after them. 
Um, and of course, we have our tours and our Open to the Public Sundays where our guests from around the world are coming to cuddle with them and sing to them and talk to them. Uh, we have volunteers that read to them so that there's never a boring moment at the Gentle Barn. Um, we have staff that are in the barnyards all day long, keeping them cared for. And they live, excuse me, and they sleep in um, insulated, temperature-controlled bird rooms set to 70 degrees. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I think I'd like to come. <laughs> One of the turkeys lucky enough to live that charmed life at the gentle barn was Portia. She was only 12 weeks old when she was saved from slaughter at Thanksgiving. Why don't you start by telling me, you know, how she came to you? Now, I want to start by saying that turkeys have a very shortened lifespan, not wild turkeys, but domesticated turkeys. So wild turkeys, the way nature intended them, live close to 20, 25 years. Because basically what the meat industry has done is taken the DNA of the wild turkey and genetically engineered it to create a man-made animal that's designed to get very big, very fast, mm -hmm. so they could be slaughtered at only 12 weeks old. When we rescue those turkeys from Thanksgiving, they come in and they grow till two like they're supposed to, but because of the genetic engineering, by the time they're full grown, they are technically obese. And it becomes very, very difficult for them to walk, to breathe, and that creates a much shorter lifespan. Wow, that's what we've done to them. It is what we've done to them. And unfortunately, there's no way of reversing genetic engineering through diet or through um, veterinary care. You, you can't reverse genetic engineering. Just like mm -hmm. your genetic disposition is to have blue eyes, you can't reverse that. So um, it is what we've done to them. It is a terrible, terrible thing. Animal agriculture is um, like some crazy sci-fi show. And I yearn and long and wait for a world where we are no longer doing that to our animal neighbors and brothers and sisters. Yeah, I, I like to think that humans can learn over time. Portia had escaped slaughter, but she couldn't escape her genetically altered DNA. After spending her first couple years at the sanctuary, her body began to fail. So Portia um, became immobile around two or three years old. And most of the turkeys prior to Portia, when they are no longer able to lift themselves up or walk, we ask them what they would like to do. And most of them say, well, I'd like to get out of this body because I don't want to be stuck and I want to feel like myself again. And we help them out of their bodies. Seeing Portia struggling, Ellie had a conversation with her. Was she ready to leave her body? When I asked that question to Portia, she said, I don't want to go. I still very much enjoy my life. And what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to build a throne for me and I can sit upon the throne and then people from around the world can come and honor me like a queen and present me with gifts. And I thought that was hilarious. So of course I, I obeyed and I took a beautiful, expensive, ornate desk that was in the house for me to work on. And I said, this would be perfect for her. And I had my staff build a wood frame around the top of the desk, making it into kind of like a throne. And then we, put a lot of straw bedding so it was nice and soft and, and, and warm and clean for her. Fit for a queen, or so they thought. And we put her on her throne and we said, will this do? And she said, no, it's too plain. I want you to bedazzle and bejewel my throne. 
<laughs> so we went out to the store and we got giant, giant bags of different colored jewels and gems, plastic, of course. And we spent weeks with all of us staff and volunteers taking turns pressing these jewels all over this throne. And um, we finally finished and we showed Portia with great enthusiasm and great pride that we have done this huge gesture for her that I don't know how many other people would have done it. And we presented it to her and she started laughing at us. And I said, what's so funny? And she said, oh my God, I can't believe you fell for that. I can't believe you did it. And she was laughing at me. (laughs) And I felt so foolish. But we propped her up in this throne. So I want to say that I think the majority of people, when we think about animal communication, we think that the animals are going to be wise and full of wisdom and advice and say these wonderful things. And some do, but some have some really funny things to say. Portia certainly did. And for the next year and a half, she ruled and lorded on that bedazzled throne for her throngs of visitors from all over the world. And they all brought her gifts of grapes and blueberries. And if you hadn't been able to communicate with her, um, would you ever have guess that a turkey might enjoy this type of thing? (laughs) Never in a million years. Our protocol prior to that was, you know, they can't walk anymore. If an animal can't walk and they can't eat and they've got something chronic that we can't heal, then we help them out of their bodies. And she really opened my eyes to the fact that not all animals want to go, even though they can't walk. And it's so important to ask them and to fulfill their end of life wishes. And I thank goodness for my gift gift that I was able to ask her and find out what she wanted so I could fulfill it. And I shudder to think without animal communication, we would have helped her out of her body um, and she would have gone wishing for more time. And I don't think anyone at the end of their life deserves to feel that way. So thank goodness for my gift. And I was able to really, truly honor her in ways that I had never imagined before. And she sat there like a queen until finally 18 months later, she, you know, the muscles had atrophied and she wasn't comfortable and she asked to go. But she had a very royal ending of her life and a royal send off. The gentle barn honored Portia the turkey with a sense of humor by singing to her and praising all the wonderful things she did in her brief four years. Ellie says Portia's wit and grit teach important lessons. Yeah, I think that there are several lessons that I learned from Portia. Number one, every living soul deserves to be asked if they want to go and when they want to go and how they want to go because end-of-life wishes are important. And we as humans are typically allowed to articulate if we want to go into a home, if we want to pass away at home, do we, we want medical intervention. We get to make typically those decisions for ourselves and animals typically don't. And I think that um, it's high time that we ask them those questions and honor their wishes. The second thing that I learned is um, they come up with crazy ideas just like we do. And, um, you know, again, asking them what they want and being able to fulfill their wishes is so vitally important. Um, And 
each individual is so unique and so different. I mean, since then, I've had so many other turkeys that would never ask for such a thing. But animals are individuals just like we are. And some are very flamboyant and some are more private. Some are extroverts, some are introverts. Some are more fun and adventurous and some are more modest and humble. So really seeing them for their individual personality with their individual needs and quirks, it's, it, it, it fulfills their wishes, but it's such an honor to know them in such a deep, 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 intimate way. Thanks so much for listening to Rubber Says. If you like the show, please take a minute to like it, give us a review, and share with a friend. It helps other people find the show. Also, please send us your comments or story ideas. And if you want to take a look at Portia's bedazzled throne, go to our Instagram, at Rover Says Podcast. Until next time, keep talking with your animal friends.